Hey everyone, it's Daniel here. Before we get into today's episode, just want to give you a quick reminder that I will be hosting a giveaway for the podcast soon. The podcast is turning it's turning one in June. Uh, it's turning one in June on June the 13th, and I'm excited to do a giveaway uh, for to celebrate the one year anniversary of the show. Um, I did a uh, I did a short episode about the giveaway, detailing everything, and there will also be some details in the description of today's episode about the giveaway. Uh, but just to quickly give you some details about how you can enter and what it's for, um, I am partnering with the Isaiah 117 House for this giveaway. If you are not aware, uh, the Isaiah 117 House is a Tennessee-based nonprofit organization that provides physical and emotional support in a safe and loving home for children awaiting foster care placement. Um, they have locations all across the Southeast United States, and they're a really, really great organization. And so I'm excited to have this opportunity to partner with them. If you want to uh, enter the giveaway, all you have to do is um, make a donation to the Isaiah 117 house through Venmo. Uh, you can make your your donation in $5 increments. So if you make a $5 donation, that will be one submission into the giveaway. A $10 donation will be two submissions and so on and so forth. Uh, the winner of the giveaway will be announced on Monday, June the 12th, and they will receive the first ever Radio Face t-shirt, the first ever Radio Face sticker, and a $50 Visa gift card, all for all given to you, uh, shipped straight to you. Uh, so again, you can make as many entries as you like. All proceeds will go directly to the Isaiah 117 house. Uh, none of this will be coming back to me, so I really hope you take this opportunity to support this great organization and all the great work they're doing. If you don't have uh, to make a donation, you'll need to do it through Venmo. So if you don't have a Venmo account, you can download it for free on your phone, hook up your bank account, and then make a donation to uh, the Chambliss Center, which handles all the finances for the Isaiah 117 house. Uh, the handle for the Chamble Center on Venmo is at C-H-A-M-B-L-I-S-S-C-E-N-T-E-R. Um, that's where you can find them on Venmo. And whenever you make this donation to enter this, the giveaway, just make a note with your donation, uh, you know, just distinguishing that this is for the giveaway. So you can make a note saying Radio Face Podcast. You can make a note that just says podcast. You can make a note that says giveaway, anything along those lines that denotes that you are making this donation to the Isaiah 117 house for this giveaway. Uh, as I said, the winner will be announced on Monday, June the 12th. So you've got a lot of time to enter this giveaway. Uh, and I'm really excited to partner with the Isaiah 117 house and raise some money for a great cause. Thank you all for all the support you've given me uh, over this year so far. And I'm excited for year number two. Thank you for the Isaiah 117 house for partnering with me. And I'm really excited to uh, take this opportunity to help out a great organization. There'll be some more details about this down in the description. So if you'd like to learn more, head down there to the description, check everything out down there for more details. And if you have any questions about the giveaway, feel free to reach out to me on social media at Radio Face Pod on all social media platforms, or simply go to... Um, or simply email me at radiofacepod at gmail.com with any questions you have about the show or about the giveaway. Thank you again for all your support. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum, and I will be your host as always. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know of a few things of note. First, you may or may not be aware that I host another podcast called The Third Seat. The Third Seat is unrelated to the podcast you are listening to right now, but if you'd like to check it out, then I will put a link in the description of today's episode that you can use to listen to it. If you like this podcast, then I really think you will like The Third Seat as well, so I highly recommend you check it out. Next, I want to let you know of a few ways you can support the podcast. First, be sure to tell a friend if you enjoy the show. Word of mouth is not only a great way to help support the show, but it's also zero cost. Secondly, if you enjoyed today's episode, then be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Leaving a positive review is one of the best ways of not only supporting the show, but it also gives me direct feedback from you regarding how you feel about the show overall. I greatly appreciate if you decide to take the time to support the show in any of these ways. Finally, if you'd like to follow me or the show on social media, then feel free to check out the description of today's episode. Here you will find all affiliated and mentioned links, as well as how you can support the show online. As always, I want to thank you for tuning into and supporting the show. It really means a lot to me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. But first, I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Lucky to Know You Apparel. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever loved your friend so much that you just want to squeeze them until they explode? 
Well, this local Chattanooga-based clothing brand wants to portray that feeling into a community that appreciates the people in their lives. Today's sponsor, Lucky to Know You Apparel, is using fashion and feelings to bring people together, making them ecstatically say, can you believe we happen to exist at the same time? Check out their Instagram, at Lucky to Know You Apparel, and website, www.luckytoknowyou.com, to purchase your own apparel or gift one to a friend. Listeners of this podcast can use code FEELINGLUCKY for 15% off your next order. Again, that is code FEELINGLUCKY, spelled F-E-E-L-I-N-L-U-C-K-Y at checkout for 15% off your next order. And hey, if no one has told you today, we are lucky to know you. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum. I'll be your host for this episode as always. And I'm really excited to bring this episode to you. Today's episode is the conclusion of a uh, a small three-part uh, series, interview series I've been doing with the uh, owners and founders of The Book and Cover, a uh, independent bookstore here in Chattanooga. Personally, one of my favorite just places to go in general, but definitely one of my favorite bookstores uh, in this area. And so uh, the first two episodes were with uh, Emily Lilly and Blaze Green. And now today I have the privilege of speaking with Miss Sarah Jackson. So Sarah, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Daniel. Yeah. So uh, just for the audience that may not be aware of you and kind of what you do, would you care to just uh, share a little bit about yourself and just kind of how you got to where you are and what's been going on in your world lately? Sure. I, as you mentioned, am the third of three owners and blaze emily and i all grew up in chattanooga and the bookshop was born sort of dual channeled i would say or in the way that i think about it one we are all from chattanooga we love chattanooga and became readers in chattanooga and wanted to offer a space to readers and folks who wanted to be in kind and curious, thoughtful literary community with other Chattanoogans. And also we realized that we had this shared dream when we were having one of those kinds of fireside chats that were very common in the more isolated parts of 2020 and kind of this sense of like, it was helpful to, think hopefully about what might come next. And October of 2020 was not necessarily a time where there was a lot of hope or optimism. And so it was a helpful therapeutic exercise to gather with folks and think about hope and and joy and what would bring that into our lives and what would we do if we could and what will we do when we can. And so that's where the bookshop came from. And I think now almost a year and a half, just shy of a year and a half, maybe, um, to see that it has both fulfilled all of our expectations and sort of what we said we wanted to do, but then has also far exceeded what we said and thought we would do. So it's been a really neat endeavor. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, uh, just hearing you describe this. I have, I, in, in my opinion, I, I consider a, you know, I've had the distinct privilege of, of now speaking with you and, and kind of hearing uh, the different perspectives of what you all do and how you all got to where you are from, uh, you know, Emily and Blaze. And it's funny, I've, I've heard about the, at this point, kind of fabled, uh, kind of like back porch fireside conversations you all had about when you first started. And I remember, I guess both of them talked about it a little bit, but just how in the beginning it was just kind of like, oh, wouldn't that be kind of kind of cool if we did this thing where we yeah. opened a store and it's like, yeah, that, you know, that that would be kind of cool. Yeah. And they they detailed like how it kind of started. It was first just like, a, oh yeah, that'd be kind of cool, but we probably won't do that. And then it yeah. eventually morphed into its own thing, and right. now it's it's compounded into what it is now. And right. it's 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 really, I think it's a great just a great story of. Um, one, I know it's been told a hundred times, but like you really can do whatever you put your mind to, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like you all have fought in, in, from what I can tell, you have followed not necessarily the, uh, 
you haven't followed a dream of necessarily making the most amount of money or building a business empire, but following something you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And that's really what this all stemmed from. It was just you all talking about things that you enjoyed during a time that wasn't so great for a lot of people. And you ran with it, you know, and, and that's really cool. And obviously there's a lot of challenges. Uh, <laughs> uh, Blaze described it as, as learning from like a, a fi- like a fire hose of information, just constant yeah. information and stuff coming. Um, but it's re- like, I can see it just in the way that you all interact with the, with the community, mm-hmm. like the events you do, the way you talk about it. Um, it's really, really cool to see that. And it's, it's, it's inspiring for me because um, I know there's lots of things I want to do in my life. And, you know, when you see examples of people that are able to kind of cross that threshold to a degree of turning some, you know, nothing into something, it's really cool. So, uh, it's, it's been cool to have that opportunity on, on my end of things, yeah. you know? And I think I would offer to anyone who is in the space where, right, that it starts as kind of a wondering and an imagining to go from that place of, of wonder and dreaming and imagining to enacting and operating. There's a lot, yes, that is up to the individual in terms of strategy and planning and getting pieces in the right place. But there's also a lot of other environmental pieces that we were really, really, really fortunate to have. There was a lot of circumstances and community connections and and folks who were really gracious to us to offer a lot of insight and clarity or actual physical means and resources. So, yes, I think I hope that people feel encouraged by our story. And I want to offer that there is a lot more than just like grit and will that goes into realizing something like what we've done. And so while I I want to preserve the kind of mythology of it, I also (laughs) on the spectrum of it, want to make sure that I'm being realistic about, we had a lot of privilege and we had a lot of folks who really helped bolster and, and buttress this effort. So it wasn't just like, Oh, if you really, really want something, (laughs) just do it. (laughs) There are a lot of factors that go into, and we were really fortunate and, so yeah. just want to offer that. Too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, so something I do want, I want to ask you about. So at the time of this recording, uh, the, the second annual ink drink just happened, uh, this past weekend. I wasn't able to attend. I was, I was, uh, I'd be back home for some stuff going on, uh, back in my hometown, but I was able to be at the one last year. And I know that, uh, the one last year was a little bit different from this year, but right. now that you have, you know, you're two or three days removed from it. What are your immediate thoughts of everything that was going? It looked like it was really cool. And, and if, if I could have, if I could have been there, I would have won 1 million percent been there for the, <laughs> the, the little walk run around the block. Yes. That was right up my alley. So yeah. I was, I was definitely sad. I wasn't able to be there for that, but what are your, your thoughts now that you're, uh, you know, a couple days removed from that? I think my experience between the two, as I just reflect as an individual is, that the first year we were so excited we had programming planned every hour yeah. of the day yeah. and that felt very it, it was a very lot, ambitious <laughs> and it was representative of kind of this like brimming enthusiasm that we had you know at that point at, when we did the first ink drink we hadn't even been open for a year and so at the end of, of that experience, I just remember feeling like a pretty profound sense of fatigue <laughs> and like, gosh, that was just a lot. And I don't know that the way that I participated in it or like, I don't, I don't know, kind of it, it felt um, very frenetic and um, having some opportunity to kind of reflect on that and then get some space. We sort of in planning for the second ink drink took the approach of what if we did fewer things, but we did them very well Mm -hmm. and we programmed them really thoughtfully and we really, and we also got to know our readers, you know, the first ink drink, our community was, we were new and, and our relationships with our community were new. I mean, at that point we had only done a few book clubs we had only had a few events. So the way we were still, it, it's a very relational, or we try to be very relational in the way that we run our business. And so, so much of 
the way that we operate and exist is in response to our readers. And so this year it was just really neat. Yeah, we learned that we had a really strong audio reading community. And so having an opportunity to celebrate that as reading, because that's a whole conversation where folks can be disparaging or critical and and not qualify, you know, what does it mean to really quote unquote read? Um, So we were really supportive of, of audio readers and that was a really lovely way to begin the day. And then to have time for the kiddos, which is just always going to be a little bit of circus chaos in the best way. (laughs) And then to kind of slow it down and have the short story authors, write So gracious of the three of them to write stories and have those read and have our great Hutton Smith branded brew. And then to have the evening event Mm -hmm. that we got to ticket. And again, just it felt at the end of the day for me as a participant and operator, I had a complete experience of the day and I really could think back and reflect on individual moments. And it wasn't like I got to the end and was like, what even went on? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's funny the way you describe it when you were talking about the, the first one for whatever reason, and I don't know, maybe this this may just be a me thing. You know, you mentioned like you all, you all haven't even, I mean, you're approaching year and a half, two years. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And it's, for me, it's weird because I remember before you all opened, mm-hmm. I, I'm i sure you've heard this a hundred times, or if you haven't, then I'll be the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I was wanting a place like what you all offer. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really a combination of everything that you all do mm-hmm. available that I was aware of. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there, there's different elements of what you all do, but there wasn't kind of the one-stop place. And ever since you all opened, it kind of has always felt like you have, you all have always been here, you know, to a degree, at least for me. And and not that I've been here my whole life. Like I've only lived in Chattanooga for about five years, but, um, it's, it's funny you say that because it's the, the reaction from what, from my perspective of the community to what you all do. And especially events like this, it like, I think you all are really fulfilling a need, a, a need or desire that was there. Mm. Um, because I mean, it's, you you all have really cultivated a not just an audience, not just you know people that want to read books, but uh, people that are really passionate about the way you all approach reading books and selling books. It's not just hey, you can come buy books here, just like you can buy books anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you really cultivated an ex- like an experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I I don't know if I have uh, I don't know if I ever if I told this to Blaze or Emily, but um, the first time I ever walked into your I don't even know if it, it was either the day of the opening or like the weekend of the, it was somewhere, sometime around there. And I walked in and it was just really cool. Cause I had never been, I come from a really small town. There's not even really bookstores around there. I mean, there's like some kind of old knickknacky places, but I'd never been in a place that each area and each part of the building was curated to a different experience. And so to see you all then, you know, kind of extrapolate that out to different experiences, you know, at, at the, uh, at ink drink, right. it's just, it's really Really, really cool, uh, for, for lack of better words, to see you all turn uh, a store into something that has a community around it. Um, and I, I really think you all are seeing the, the, you know, seeing the beginnings of that because I don't think anybody can open a bookstore. There's plenty of places you can, if you just want to sell books, like, you know, there's lots of different ways to do that. But I really believe like what you all do mm-hmm. goes beyond just selling a few books here and there and, you know, giving some people something to do in their free time. Um, it's really, really cool. And I know for me personally, it's a place that I like to go to, even if I'm not looking for a book to read, just to go there and hang out and see what's going on and, you know, pet birdie if he's there and then just get some coffee, you know? So, um, it's really, really cool for, for you. How does the way the community has kind of grown into, you know, bringing you all as into the community, how has that really impacted you personally? Oh, wow. Um, I think, one of my first sort of so blaze emily and i were not necessarily best friends growing up we all attended the same high school in town girls preparatory school uh blaze and emily are a few years older than me they graduated in a class a few years older than me emily and i ran track together and had a relationship there that was very warm but weren't necessarily involved in one another's lives outside of that. 
And so the fact that the three of us really reconnected through kind of a book club and through a love of reading, and then that has been what has sort of sustained us, this idea of reading. We all read really pretty differently. Like there are certainly books that we've all read and enjoyed, but we kind of always like to point them out as being kind of unicorns. And we all have a lot of regard for one another and for the genres and and books that we enjoy reading and enjoy being in conversation with one another about it. And that felt that our business relationship feels very much like a microcosm of, of how I want to be in community with folks. Uh, there's this great, I think I heard Amy Poehler say it, and I don't necessarily know that she was the first person to say it, but this idea of like, good for her, not for me. Um, sometimes we refer to it in our house as not yucking somebody else's yum. Um, <laughs> but just this idea of learning to be in spaces where you can love something, a, a book, a genre, whatever it is, someone else cannot enjoy it, but you can still be in community with one another. And so I think that has been to me, and there's just not a lot of spaces that I participate in where that kind of mutual regard and care and curiosity are encouraged. And so I think the way that I've been impacted by the shop is it certainly made my thinking and way of being with folks more expansive. And I think just to realize that the way that I love and, and care about something is informed by my experiences somebody's aversion to it might be informed by their experiences. And there's an opportunity for us to still connect and, and have and take care of each other and regard one another positively. And that's not, that's something that's really, really easy for me to espouse in theory. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not always something that I do in practice, but I like that I have a space that I show up to where that's part of our, our mission and our vision and our values and so that's, that holds me accountable. And just the readers that I have met, I mean, I could not have imagined. So for each of the book clubs that I facilitate, co-facilitate with some folks, um, we have these group me's. And, and so that there have been connections that have spawned outside of just the book clubs that meet physically in the shop. And uh, just the way that I, those folks are my friends and they take care of me and I have get the opportunity to take care of them. And like, I don't know that I could have ever imagined that mm -hmm. opening a retail space would have afforded mm -hmm. that kind of community to me. Like certainly there was that kind of aspiration, but experiencing it feels yeah. wildly different than like hammering it into a business plan. So. Yeah. And, and, and personally, I, I really think something that you all have to your advantage uh, is a little bit of what you're alluding to there. There's a lot of, I think something that a lot, I know, I know I have uh, kind of grown not super fond of, and I, I think a lot of people are, you know, as, as time has gone on is any kind of retail storefront or any kind of business that just kind of feels like an entity that's just existing and they serve some kind of product or service, but that's kind of it. And something I think you all really have to your advantage is that you, you all specifically, like obviously you have employees, but you all are there and you're, you're interacting with the people that come in and you're, you're making conversation with them. Even if you don't know them, like you're, you're physically there. I know it, it, it's, it's funny to, like I said, it's funny to talk about it now, but I remember going in the first time and I interacted with you and you were behind the counter and, and you, I don't even remember what it was, but um, at the time I was like, that was really cool. Like I know that they own this place and it was, it made me feel not just like someone buying a product or getting a service or whatever, but I felt a part of something, you know? And I think you all have really put yourself in a really cool position where yes, you're obviously trying to make money and sell a product and so on and so forth, but you have grown it beyond that to where I think a lot of the people that come in your building don't just see it as a storefront or don't just see it as a business, but see it as a genuine, it's a business run by people that really care, that really want to be a part of something bigger than that business. And I just, I, I think that's really cool because I don't think there's a lot of that. I think there's a lot of, a lot of businesses that put on that facade that want to make you think that it's a part of something bigger than them or they're, you know, some kind of 
little mom and pop store or something that's not really one. Um, but I think you all really have nailed that so far. And it, it, it makes the experience better for everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's really cool. I don't, I don't think we have a lot of that. And I'm, I'm glad we, we have some of that, you know? Well, that's very generous. <laughs> Thank you. I think obviously you are experiencing it or maybe not obviously. That is very much how we want folks to experience it. And it, it can be hard to manage both to, to, I don't want to ever misrepresent that we, we are a for-profit mm-hmm. independent bookstore. We do need to make money yeah. in order to one, continue to operate, but also because mm-hmm. we like paying our booksellers, <laughs> uh, like not only a livable wage, but like a wage that allows them to have joy in their lives. And so navigating that and, and being mindful that that requires sales so there is a sales aspect to it and yes wanting to be a space that people do feel tended to in a way that maybe isn't necessarily about getting them to purchase a good mm-hmm. um and and it, there it can be hard i mean i will speak for myself like that can be a hard thing to manage of of wanting to go in either direction and and making sure that there's um harmony between those two aims is not always evident or, or intuitive. And so having to, I'm really grateful to be with Blaze and Emily. I can't imagine doing this by myself and get to have a lot of those conversations about like, okay, here's what our values are. We know that we are a shop. So let's evaluate, you know, acting in this way or offering this type of programming or, you know, curating, like how is this all gonna fit and work towards both of these aims? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, something I do want to ask, and I've, I've failed to ask this, uh, the last two interviews and I, I meant to, and just never did. Uh, and I feel like this, I feel like the answer to this probably is going to be obvious or should be obvious, but forgive me for it not being. I'm excited to hear the question. Well, well, I, I hope it's a good question then. Um, where did the name ink drink come from? What, oh. what does the, what I, I feel like it's. I really like it, but I, I've, I thought I've that this was going to be a way more like. Well, I have other questions, but I've been mm-hmm. I have been missing I have been meaning to ask this of the other two guests, and I was like, "What does this mean?" I've, no, I've I'm because I do like it, but I'm like, "What too. what is so, it? Where did it come from?" When we were building out our business plan and developing the crowdfund, which is how we <clears throat> raised the startup capital to open, uh, we were looking at the different tiers of incentives for folks to contribute to the crowdfund. And we were looking at different monikers that are assigned to readers. So for example, like a bookworm, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And we found that in France, like a bookworm, somebody who is like a bibliophile or reads Uh, a lot is a drinker of ink, an uh, ink drinker. And when we discovered that, we were like, one, that's a fantastic tier for the crowdfund. And two, we obviously have to have an event Mm -hmm. called the ink drink. I so see it. I like it now. It's a perhaps an underwhelming tale, <laughs> which is mainly just Google searches. But that's well, no, I do I do like it because I knew it had it obviously had you know the ink like you know ink on a paper on on a book or on paper and then you know Read like yeah yeah I was like I was like it has to have something with that but I feel like there's got to be something I feel like there's something I miss and I didn't know that I didn't know it had French roots so it's that's very the, poetic. <laughs> Well, it's very on brand. Uh, I like that. I like Heavy that. metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> we are not actually drinking ink. It's no ritual. You heard it here first, folks. Right. Um, on a on a somewhat unrelated note, so I, I really have been meaning to ask that. And after every interview, I was like, I should have asked them. Mm-hmm. I meant to, meant to ask what that was about. Third time's a charm. I like it. Um, so you had kind of mentioned um, earlier how you and, and Emily and Blaze all have different uh you know, different preferences and different tastes mm-hmm. in books and everything. And I had a little bit of a conversation with them about that. I've, I, uh, I, I have realized over, I was not a huge reader growing up and mm-hmm. I, I really got into it in the past, really honestly in 2020, cause I had nothing else to do. And I've mm-hmm. become a, a pretty, a fairly avid reader, I guess I'll say now. Um, but I have, thank you. Um, and when I started reading, I, for whatever reason, told myself this story that I was, I only was allowed to read like, nonfiction books that were like super hard hitting and like, you're going to learn the universe's, you know, worth of knowledge in a book and all these things. And it was, it was a bold ambition and I'll, uh, spoiler alert. I didn't, uh, learn the so universe's knowledge. A lot of like 
physics textbooks? No, well, like, what I, was I guess your, I should. I guess I should clarify. What it's qualifies as? not not like textbooks necessarily, <laughs> but more like. Um, I guess like borderline, this is going to sound like borderline self-help books, but okay. not from the standpoint of like, I need to get my life together. It was more like, I'm going to learn Psychology. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was more like, I'm going to, I'm going to read this book and I'm going to yeah. know like the secrets of this we call person. call that topical nonfiction. Yeah. Or yeah. a memoir. I mean, if it's about something. Yeah. And, and not to like, you know, you know, shame those books or anything, but it just wasn't, I realized very quickly, I was like, I'm just not enjoying this. Like I'd pick up these books and be like, I don't, I'm not excited to read this. Where do you and, think that story about reading came from for you? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think honestly, well, uh, this is, this is my best guess. I, I didn't I think it's, I think it's two pronged. I didn't read a lot growing up. And mm-hmm. so I felt like whenever I got into reading, I needed to like make up for lost time and like read what I felt were like important books, like not necessarily classics, but like in in my view, it's like, Oh, these are like the serious books. Yeah. Like these are the, these aren't, yeah. this isn't that, you know, whatever, like these yeah. are serious books. And because it's real. Yes, like, because it's real. Yeah. Yeah. That was my view at the time. And I think also I started reading in 2020 and as we know, you know, everything bad that could have happened happened in 2020. And I think in my mind, I was like, I want to read something that's maybe going to show me a different side of life that will empower me to maybe, you know, add something to my life that'll, that'll benefit it a little bit, you know? And again, I'm not going to act like I didn't take anything from from those books, but it was a little too much of the same thing at some point for me. Right. Right. And I've come to really, like I told them, I've come to realize that I really, really enjoy now. Like I almost not exclusively, but about 80% of what I read is like fiction books and more specifically yeah. like mystery and thriller books. Like yeah. I love those kind of books yeah. now. Like yeah. I'll pick them up and just, and flip through them like it's nothing. And then I'll yeah. pick up, uh, you know, a book maybe like of what I read when I first started. And I was like, I just, I don't really want to read this yeah. now. So yeah. I say all of that to say, mm. what are some, or do you have any like hot takes on any like classics or any books or any genres that you're maybe not like a huge fan of or anything. And I'll, I'll preface, you know, I'll, I'll give a a bit, uh, from personal experience. So I I didn't realize this until, until I realized it. Uh, so I'm a, I've become, I I can't, it's, it's, I guess it's a, I'm not even a guilty pleasure at this point. Big, like I, I can't help myself when it comes to like Dan Brown books. Like I know I'm late to that party, but I've read like two or three of them and every single one of them, like, I don't know what it is. I just really enjoy them. But I know that some people are like, Oh, it's just like a, a cheap veneer of like, you know, European art and stuff like that. But I've, I've read through two or three of them and they're, they're like some of my favorite books. So I want to ask you, what are some of your, like, uh, you know, if you have any hot takes on any, any books like that. And if you're not, if you're not a Dan Brown fan, you're also not going to hurt my feelings at all. So you can be like, you can be like, those books are terrible. As I have previously (laughs) stated, I do not yuck anyone's yuck. You're you're not going to, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I, and I want to go back to, cause I, something that you said earlier when you were talking about, um, your journey with reading is you qualified that you weren't a reader because, and what I heard you say, it was because you didn't read a certain amount of books. And that's something that we try to gently encourage folks because sometimes we'll get college students in who are being required to read so much and they're like, I just don't feel like a reader because I don't have the bandwidth. And we're like, no, that's, you are a reader. You're just not in a season where there's a lot of reading for pleasure right now, but you're still a reader. So wanting, it doesn't matter if you read one book a year. It doesn't matter if you read 200 books a year. Everybody is a reader. It doesn't matter if you listen to books. It doesn't matter if you physically hold them in your hand and move your eyes over the words. Mm-hmm. You're a reader. So I should, I should qualify one more thing. I, I was a reader in the sense that I, I couldn't, you, you couldn't, you couldn't pull the diary for wimpy kid books out of my hands. If yeah. you tried whenever yeah. I was younger. those, yeah. those and the magic Treehouse books in middle school, I was, I was there for those. You those were an were, avid reader. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So, well, like, but you had an understanding of reading as being, yes. Yeah. And, limited and, to and, a certain type of, yeah. And there were also whenever I was whenever I was younger, like that was when like the Twilight books were real big, and I remember looking at those and I was like, I could never read that many words if you paid me to. Oh, like, I yeah. couldn't do that, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so, but it's it's funny now, but that was that was like my my bread and butter at the time. So I'm very excited to be reading and book selling in a time where what I perceive happening is that folks are really moving away from even a best of list. I don't feel like there's a lot of utility because who decides? Who gets to decide what the best book is? Who is making the consideration, you know, learning about those folks? Because of course, we're going to bring our own experiences into something. And so what might make 
a book for me, the best book of the year or the best book that I read or a book I read is going to be really different from the reader sitting across from me. And so I think it's really important to reframe the way that we talk about books. And so maybe, and maybe that's a hot take. So I, I definitely, um, my genres of choice and the way that you enjoy Dan Brown and psychological thrillers. And you don't have to call. I loved that you revised when you were like, Oh, it's not a guilty pleasure. It's not. That's if anything, that's my hot take. We should stop calling things that we enjoy guilty pleasures, (laughs) strike it from your lexicon. Don't qualify things that bring you joy. Don't associate shame or guilt with them. You can certainly get curious about what it is Mm -hmm. that you enjoy about them, but I, I there get rid of it. That's, that's my hot take. But I, I would, I would second that as well, personally. That's, I think yeah. so. I am, I lead or I co-lead our romance and fantasy book clubs. And then with Blaze and Emily also do the cocktail book club. And I think something that I've really enjoyed with readers in the shop is getting to broaden folks' understanding of romance as a genre. And both historically, the way, you know, who has written romance, who reads romance, but then also presently, what is happening in the romance genre and the way that the form of the romance genre works. Those are just always really endlessly fascinating conversations for me. And I am a very staunch defender of the genre. So my second hot take would be we should have more romance in our canon (laughs) (laughs) um you know and it's funny uh I, I had I had a feeling you were going to say that because they uh, I had I had, uh, my reputation em- em- precedes yes, me. Yes, yes, yes. All good things, of course. Uh, but Emily and Blaze, they were I'd asked them about this a little bit, and they were like, "Yeah, and Sarah's really into really into romance." And all, so, um, but it's funny, like I'm really into romance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's you know I, I I really have grown to empathize a lot with what you're saying because like even though. Um, you know, I have become a, a more, I guess I'll say a more frequent reader, uh, since, uh, you know, 2020 ish, um, something I've really grown to realize and and appreciate is that, you know, however you come to reading, like whatever, whatever your, your bread and butter is like, that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, like I said, for me at the time, for whatever reason, I had this idea. I was like, these are the books that I can read. And like, those are the only thing. And you know, it's all just information, soak it up, whatever. And there's a time and a place for that, I think, certainly. And if that's like, if, if that's what you just love, yeah. then hey, go for it. Like, what, what does it matter to me? I think it's um, important that you pay attention yeah. to what you're reading yeah. and so that you can both be reading and enjoying something. And then you can also have a critical lens through which you are consuming where you're like, what am I enjoying about this? Mm-hmm. Oh, is there a way that somebody's experience has mm-hmm. been represented that might be harmful? Or mm-hmm. am I exclusively reading mm-hmm the perspective of, of this character or am I exclusively reading about this? And so, yeah, I think interrogating that is the way to do that. Yeah. And and I think it's interesting too. I'm going to assume this is the case for other people, but if I could be wrong, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, listen, I've, I've made it this far assuming some things I'll, 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 uh, cautiously assume some things, but, um, I think that it's interesting that for a lot of people, we don't tend to have this attitude of like, Oh, you can only, you know, a lot of times I think that people can have the attitude. It's like, oh, you got to read read the classics first, and then you can read this. Or like, oh, you have to read like this genre is for is for children. Like, you don't read that. You need to read this at this age. Mm-hmm. But we don't really do that for a lot of other art or entertainment mediums. Like, you know, if like I love love Star Wars movies, favorite franchise, love them. I've seen them all. They're my favorites. Have them all. I watch them. Favorite. And like at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of people out in space running around. It's a, it's a, you know, on paper, it's just like a classic adventure love story. And that's about it. Nothing. To, Epic Odyssey. Yeah. And like, there's some, you know, kind of subversive themes here and there, but it's like, it's anybody it's can watch political. it. Very political. Yeah. The original yeah. Trilogy yes. Is very political. Yeah. And, and, and I, I love it, but there's also like, there's, you know, at the same time, there are very, what people would consider more profound, like, um, you know, not necessarily movies made for keeping, you know, entertain. There's not things flying around all the time. They're, they're kind of slow burner movies that I also love. And no one ever, you know, looks at me and is like, well, that's kind of odd. Like you like this thing, but you also like this thing. Why do you, you know, why is that? And I think it's interesting that that kind of 
doesn't apply in some areas, or at least from my perspective, it doesn't seem to apply yet for whatever reason, it does seem to apply in, in some areas, uh, or some people apply it to reading if, you know, you know, and I think increasingly and, and perhaps unfortunately, I'll say in my experience, unfortunately, I think it is right that we want to be known to other people. We want to be known to our community. And one way that we do that is by professing interest and adoration of, you know, media. And so there is a way for me to connect with somebody who is watching a television show or is reading a book and it's kind of like instant. And I think what then we grapple with is we're like, okay, I have been seen and known as somebody who consumes, you know, this kind of media or enjoys this kind of media. And if I diverge from that and I, then and consume other types of media and enjoy it there can feel like there's this dissonance of like well then which com- uh, which community am i a part of and can i hold both of these things and i think again i'm i'm glad to see us kind of inching away from that of yeah i think that you can have folks who i for example um am a very excited that we are in the month of may 2023 because Fast 10 is coming out. I'm a huge fan of the Fast and the Furious film really? franchise. Really? Love it. I love them. I did not expect that, but um, I love them. That. I hilarious. love them. Yes. And so, and then, but, and that is just something that I have, I am learning not to necessarily qualify to folks as then that I need to like list off a yeah. bunch of art house, like yeah. David Lynch <laughs> media that I also enjoy consuming. It's just, it's okay to, and and certainly, I can also be critical of yeah, those films, yeah. and I think that's some of what we're hopefully moving into a space of that I and there's a great um, Substack that an author wrote that I really enjoy, who's kind of talking about that. That like everything that we consume, we are does not necessarily need to be like 100% in alignment with like our values and like who we are as people. There's a way that you can critically consume, and certainly there is media and there are creators who through their choices are causing harm. And so thinking critically about whether or not you want to patronize them and, you know, give them money when you consume their work so that they might continue to harm folks is we need to be considerate of, and we need to be mindful that there is a way that we can move through the world or else all the media that we consume is just going to be like, yeah. virtue signaling. Yeah, so. I mean, th- th- you're, you're kind of referring to the the classic like art versus artist debate. Like, can you can you yeah. separate it? You know, and it's I think on on that note, I think a lot of times from there's there's no perfect answer that I've seen in, in that regard. You know, because like uh, like I, I'm a huge music fan. Like I love listening to music. I try to stay up to date. And like there's many examples of like oh you listen to this person, but like you say you don't like this person. Right. It's like how do you marry right. those two? Right. And I think honestly, the the best example or not the best the best solution I guess I can think of is you you simply just have to take it a case by case basis. Like there's I know there's plenty. Every person on the planet Earth has done things that we're not proud of, and we've done things and said things. And if we all were unfortunate enough to have every single thing we've ever done plastered by our name every time someone sees us, you know, it would be it'd be very unfortunate. Yeah. And so it's kind of like how your approach to the way you consume your media mm-hmm. isn't necessarily if if you are if you are taking it from a genuine place and you are aware of the things that could you know the potential uh, kind of downsides of of whatever this person has done that's all you can really ask as long as you're aware and it, and it's it's safe for you to consume it mm. it's not i don't i think there's there's much worse there's bigger fish to fry i mm. think you know yeah. i'm i'm not going to lose sleep over if you're listening to person a and i listen to person b because i don't like this person you you know whatever right um and i think that's really the best way to take it because yeah. every single situation is is different and you you just it's really hard to kind of find a way to blanketly solve that issue yeah. you know and i think something that i'm developing is that the ability to concede when, oh, I, yes, I, I consume this or, and you can change your mind and you can make a different decision and you can make repair. I think that that's increasingly, sometimes it feels that what's being modeled for us is when you do make a decision or you do exhibit behavior will and, or willfully choose to harm a community. And when then somebody calls out instead of seeking to move towards correction and repair, there is this kind of schism that happens where it's like, well, now I'm going to further entrench myself in this 
ideology, space, community, and then like the gaps get ever wider. And so I think for me, it's like, okay, yes, if I do consume art by this person, but they have acted in a way that's not consistent with my values, like I want to get curious about that and I want to pay attention to that and I want to think critically about that. And so I think the things that make me the most discouraged is that we seem to sometimes be moving away from like critical lenses of viewing things. Right. So the sort of whole uproar about critical race theory is like, that is a lens through which to view society. And so like anything that encourages us to encourages us to think more critically about the world that we move through, I am pro. And so, um, I think that, is something that books allow us to do, right? Is that there's a lot of different experiences. And I love when I get to talk in a book club and say like, this character acted in this way and that is not consistent with my values, but then they acted in a way that was consistent with my values, which means maybe they're inconsistent. Wait, am I inconsistent? Like, I think there's like a, a, a realizing things about self that you can have in reading. And then hopefully that makes you a more empathetic, kind neighbor and community members. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I 100% agree. Um, Something I do want to ask you about, and I was, I was not aware of this, but uh, now that we've opened this up a little bit, so didn't know that you uh, were a big fan of the fast uh, saga series, whatever the, whatever the correct term is now. The family. Yeah. Yeah. The The fast and the furious family. Yes. Yes. Of course. And it's funny. I, I mean, it's, it's like an, it's an inescapable like media entity now. Like you, you know, you, everybody yeah. knows about it. And it's funny. I tell people I, all the time I claim it for fantasy. <laughs> it has gone full fantasy. Well, that, that's they what are want, my Avenger. That's what I wanted to ask you. Is I growing up like I? I don't know when the first Fast Fast and Furious movie came out, but mm-hmm. I really I don't think I watched a movie not because I was like. I've never been a car person. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't like, Oh, this is the movie I want to go see. Oh, I'm not either. I, yeah. want, I want to make that really yeah. clear. Yeah. But it was it, like, I didn't I watch it. I think the first one I saw might've been like the seventh or eighth one. Oh, I wow. think like very, very deep into it. You, you were, know? Yeah. 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 Like I was very deep into it and I was just like, yeah, my friends Mythology. are going to see this, whatever. Let's just go see. And my experience with it so far is very like, I, I the only movies I've seen have been like some of the more recent ones. And so it's mm-hmm. funny to see, the kind of way it's changed over time. Cause initially when it started, it was yeah. like street racing, you know, right. car culture, like right. sweaty dudes in tank tops and working on, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and now it's like, we're taking a car to space. Like it's, it's very exactly. different. Exactly. And so I want to ask you, what are, what, what are your kind of favorites of this area? Like what are, what are some of the things about this, this particular franchise and, and this series that draws you to it? So I think what I enjoy about the Fast and the Furious franchise is I, I am somebody who I love genre. Um, so the romance genre, like I love any, any time and like for mystery thriller, like there is a conceit and the way that we operate in this within romance, you have this whole idea of like tropes. And so, oh my goodness, these two people who are not getting along suddenly have to go on a work trip together and the hotel makes a mistake. And so there's only one room and they have to share the bed. Like what's going to happen? I love that. And so I think I love any, what I enjoy about the Fast and the Furious is that you have, right, this, these cast of characters and everybody's kind of operating in these different ways. But then, yeah, the conceit has become increasingly more just absolutely bonkers and ludicrous. And what started as literally, literally ludicrous, literally, literally, <laughs> literally ludicrous is on the scene and it is ludicrous. And it's I wasn't great. sure if you said that intentionally, but I had to, I had to bring, I had to I, right. That. Well, th- then you have like Dame Helen Mirren, isn't it? Brie Larson's and like that you just have, I think, also that there is a lot of room for media to be fun and for there to be a certain level of levity and absurdity. Um, so I think I enjoy that about them. I enjoy the community of folks with whom I watch them and just how completely outrageous um, they have become. The whole sort of repeated motif of family I find really enjoyable. Um, but I don't know. I think I just enjoy watching them. Yeah. And I love how, like, Vin Diesel, like, is Dominic Toretto, yes. I think, now, even in no his, one else his, could his play lived him. experience. Yeah. Right. And so I think um, 
I am just also all for like when you find something that you love, just being really loud and obnoxious about it. Um, that is, I mean, I remember I, as a fantasy girly, love Lord of the Rings and loved the books. And then when the films came out when I was in high school, like we were back when the downtown movie theater was the Bijou, like we were dressed up, like full on really? friends dressed like hobbits, clinging to other friends dressed like tree beard. <laughs> like we just like showed out. And then when I went to college, like we went to so many midnight premieres. I am just a big fan of being enthusiastic mm-hmm. for things you love. And so like a lot of times, like the bigger and more sort of like outrageous something is, the more I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. like how can I love this thing loud? And it's just a lot easier if yeah. the thing itself is already very loud. Yeah. Like the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is very loud. Uh, and and I think that I, I agree. I think that there is definitely room, if not more room, for. I guess what a lot of what we're kind of talking about is there is room to just enjoy something, just to enjoy. Like it doesn't have. There doesn't have to be some huge. Uh, if, if the reason why you enjoy something is simply because it's fast and it's loud and it's bright and it's shiny and there's lasers, like what, you know, go for it. That's great. I I remember, um, one of the, like, it's, it's my, my fandom of it has subsided a little bit, but I'm still at like, or I guess my enthusiasm has subsided a little bit, but whenever I originally got into, really got into the Star Wars series was whenever the new, the new trilogy was whenever that was launching Mm -hmm. because I like had, the J.J. Abrams one. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he directed the first one okay. in, the, in the third, I'm pretty sure. Um, because prior to that, like, obviously I wasn't around for the original trilogy. Right. And when the prequels came out, I was like, I was way too young. And so oh, man. My, see, I was so into those. Yeah. But see, so whenever I kind of interact in it, yeah. uh, came in contact with them first time, I was like, I'll watch them another time. Like, I was just yeah. like, there's other things I'm doing in my life. Like, I'll watch them whenever. And I remember when it first came out, like I, I just got soaked into it. I was like, oh, we're going to see a Star Wars movie right. in the theater. And I remember walking up and there was like, like you said, there was guys dressed like the different characters. There was, this, there was a stormtrooper yeah, there at was the like, concession line. There was an old guy like being old Ben Kenobi walking around like waving to people. And I was like, this is so cool. And More of that. Yeah. And, and you know, my, the re, like I, I know that the Disney trilogy, some people love it, some people hate it. I, I, I look back very fondly on them because for me... Mm-hmm. They're not perfect movies. Like, they're not. And and they're right. fun and whatever. But for me, they remind me of a time when I got so engrossed in that. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is a different wor- a different experience. I've never had the opportunity to watch a Star Wars movie in a theater before. All of it was only on a TV screen and in my house, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's cool to... I, th- I think it's cool to be a big fan of something. It doesn't have to be Absolutely. something you're like, oh, well, I, I like this thing, but only like on the weekends, you know? It's yeah. like, no, like if that's a part of who you are, yeah, in, you know, embody that. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. And I think that that's something that, the, that has been really exciting about the bookshop yeah. and about book clubs specifically, or, or maybe the bookshop more generally and the book clubs as being representative of this is that you have folks who are like, for so long, I have loved romance, or I've loved mysteries, or I've loved epic, sad books. And that has just been something that I have done singularly. But there is just something wonderfully warming and embracing about getting together with other folks and having, like, you've had this experience already with a text where it's really like, mm-hmm. or this, you know, I'll have an experience where I'm already like, oh, I just already like loved this book so much. So like, for example, the book we've chosen for May, 2023 romance book club is happy place by Emily Henry. And my singular experience of reading that book was wonderful. I just loved it. I loved the characters. I loved the setting. I loved the tropes. I loved it. And I have loved it even more in even just the very few conversations that I've had with folks who've read it about what they loved. And I mean, this morning I was like sending little tweets about it to some of our other booksellers who loved it. So I think just that whole idea of like, you can really love something and that's big, but when you get an opportunity to go into a physical space and share in that love with somebody else, like that is a whole other facet of it. And we should be creating more spaces where that happens instead of, you know, creating spaces where it's like, actually like, let's make sure that we're defined by like what we're not or what we don't like or what makes us separate or singular. It's like, no, spaces should be about like, what we love yeah. and enjoy. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I definitely agree. And it's, uh, I think it's one of the, 
one of the coolest things we just as human beings can experience is being in something or, or experiencing something or whatever, any kind of art medium and just kind of forgetting about everything around you. I remember uh, one of the first times that ever happened for me as well, not one of the first times, but one of the most recent times that happened to me was, I, I mean, growing up, I'd never been to an art museum before. I grew up in a very small town. There weren't, there weren't really art, you know, opportunities for that. And just, I had, I'd never taken the time to actually go to one. And a, a, maybe a year or so ago, I went to just the art museum here in the Hunter yeah, Art Museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember being in there and I was like, this is amazing. Like yeah. just being in there and seeing yeah. so many different kinds of works of art and just yeah. amazed that like, I know I could, I, I have never been the most traditionally artistic mm-hmm. person. And I was standing there like the fact that someone can perceive this in their mind and then put it onto canvas or put it into a sculpture or whatever was just amazing. It was so cool. And yeah. And from that experience, like I realized what kind of different art styles I preferred to different ones to, you know, right. I, I preferred this kind of, I really, really enjoyed surrealist paintings. Like yeah. that was one of the ones I uh-huh. took pictures of and would go back to my phone and look at them like, Oh, that's so cool. Um, and it, it's those moments where you just get engrossed in something. You just kind of forget about mm. in a, in a good way, but yeah. you forget about the world around you and kind of your responsibilities for a little bit. Yeah. Not that everything else is just drab and lowly, but it's, yeah. it's great to be sucked into something, you yeah. know, you know, and that's one of the many beauties of life. I really believe, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, well, before we, uh, I know you got something going on after this. I don't want to hold you too, too, too much longer, but, uh, I want to just say, first off, thank you. Um, it was really cool. I know that we, uh, we've been kind of chatting back and forth a little bit and on a, uh, personal note, I, so I mentioned, I I told you that I came into your store like opening day or around opening day, whenever it was. And that was around the time whenever I was either starting this or wanted to start this or it was in the early days. And I was still workshopping people that I wanted to like have on the show. And I remember walking in and I left there and I was, I was sitting in the car with at the time was is now my fiance at the time was thank you. Um, we're getting, we're getting married in a couple months. So, uh, yeah, but at the time was girlfriend, now fiance. And I remember sitting in the car and I said, I'm going to, I want to, I want to speak to those people someday. Like I want to have a conversation and like know them personally. And, um, it's been cool to make good on that. So thank you for allowing me to do that. It's been really, really cool. Thank you for navigating many (laughs) reschedules. No, I appreciate it. As you can see, sometimes wanting it. No, listen, no, listen, it's okay. I appreciate, uh, you giving me the opportunity to do this. It's been a, a, a great pleasure and I've really enjoyed it. Um, before we finish, kind of as just a, a fun little way to finish the show, it's something I like to do with each episode. I like yeah. to finish with a quick segment I like to call 15 Quick Questions. Oh, so, wow. okay. uh, if you wouldn't mind, I have 15 quick questions for you. These are going to be this or that questions. Uh, and I have asked, I usually mix them up for each guest, but okay. I have asked these same questions of also Emily and Blaze. So, right. we in can this go back, order? In this order, oh, okay. all the same questions. And so, we can go back and compare if you want to, but I, want, I thought it'd be fun to have you these. You said it's uh, this or that. Am I allowed to qualify? why I say this or that or I just oh, qualify, say it qualify. And I, I'm, okay, I'm okay. chief qualifier okay. I am I am I am give more more information than, than is yeah. needed most okay. of the time okay. so um, all right this is 15 quick questions first off how do you pronounce it caramel or caramel caramel all right I, I, I agree uh, or do I, I don't even know how I pronounce it now that I'm thinking about it anyways oh, too cerebral. yeah I'm like wait a minute how do I say it I don't even know um, hot coffee or iced coffee I agree. I do. I know. I definitely do agree with that. <laughs> uh, all right. Which this is technically a, a, a four a multiple choice answer, but which you prefer: summer, fall, winter, or spring? Summer. Big summer fans. So you're you're yes. coming into your into your peak time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm Gemini, <laughs> baby. I like to be warm. My heated seats are on. If it's fifty degrees. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Which do you prefer: sweet or savory food? Oh, gosh. <laughs> This is, this is the, this is the tough one. Sweet. Sweet. Nice. I like it. I was, I thought you might be leaning that cause like there's, you know, at the, I mean, I know you don't probably exclusively eat your meals at the shop, but like, you know, y'all sell like pastries and yeah, croissants and well, stuff like that. I was I'm like, a big, I, yeah, I ideally both. Yes. Right. Yes, if, yeah. if I'm having an abundance mindset, yeah. but I was like, you know, would I rather the way I decided to parse it out was if I could only do an appetizer or dessert with my entree, I would do dessert. I like it. I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a cool way to look at it. Way to split the, I like it. Um, all right. In your opinions, 
uh, when you're wearing sandals with or without socks, what do you think? Without. Without socks? You're, you're not, not, a, not a socks with sandals person? What is the whole function of wearing a sandal if you're going to put a sock on? I've, listen, I've seen some people rock socks with sandals before. Just a bit. I mean, I don't necessarily... It, it's not it's not my not my you know yeah. way, but uh, yeah. whenever I was growing up, I, I'm blanking on it now, but there was some Disney Channel show, uh-huh. and they would make songs. They, like, they would do different bits, and there was one song they made called Socks with Sandals, and it was all about wearing wow. socks with your sandals, and they like big tube socks and I will say that when I used to run cross country and track in high school that after I would take my spikes off and I would have socks on and I would put Mm -hmm. so sandals I think when I heard sandals I imagined flip flops yeah yeah and so I was like no that would be very uncomfortable (laughs) so okay to each their own take care of your feet in the way that's right for you I love it. Um, all right. Pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? No, thank you. Ah, I love pineapple on pizza. That's the that's the heartbreaker for me. I'm a big pineapple on pizza fan. That's all right. Hey. <laughs> um, all right. Which do you prefer, sunrise or sunset? Ooh. Um, I am learning to be a morning person as oh, nice. after having had children. And so... I feel like I always feel a sense of accomplishment when I'm able to spectate a sunrise. However, more often sunsets find me more organically in the rhythm. Yes. How I like to be as a person. Yeah. I, I, I love them both. I've become more of a sunrise person, but it does take some effort to like get up at the proper time, you know? Right. Right. Uh, all right. If you had to choose one or the other, which would you choose between guacamole or salsa? Guacamole. Big guacamole fan. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like it. Um, all right. This one is specific for your line of work. Okay. Uh, which do you prefer, hardcover or paperback? Ooh, um, paperback, special edition fantasy, or sorry, hardcover, special edition fantasy, paperback, romance. Nice. Nice. That's an, in- that's an interesting interesting take. I, I did, and I like it. Um, all right. Which do you prefer, crunchy peanut butter or smooth peanut butter? Smooth peanut butter. I'm big. I'm a big, big crunchy fan personally, um, but I do like smooth. Smooth also. No hate on smooth. Uh, which do you prefer, fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. Nice. Um, who in your mind do you think would be a better chef, Martha Stewart or Snoop Dogg? And I know they do. They both have their own cookbooks, I believe. I know. I know Snoop Dogg does. And for, I've for, made for more of Martha's recipes. But I like Snoop Dogg's champagne. Oh. I think I would love to go to a dinner party hosted by both of them. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe like Martha, Martha cooking and like Snoop DJing, you know, something, something like or that. Or he could bartend. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. Which, which decade do you prefer? 70s, 80s, or 90s? Um, I really like the 70s aesthetic that's having kind Me of too. a resurgence. Yeah. Um, but I was a nineties kid, yeah. so I like a lot of nineties music mm, I and, gotcha. and some nineties fashion. Do you have like a, like a favorite nineties band? I'm just curious. The Spice Girls. Big Spice Girls fan. Yes. Nice. I like it. I like it. Uh, all right. Last two questions, uh, of the kind of final four, um, holidays of the year, which do you prefer Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, or new year's Halloween, big Halloween fan. Yes. My, my fiance is also a huge Halloween fan every year. She, she Love dressing loves up. it, loves it. So, um, all right. And then final question. I do ask this question of everybody. I usually change okay. up the first one, the first 14, but I always ask this last question of everybody. Okay. And I want to, I definitely want to hear your, your rationale on this. Would you rather fight a hundred duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? Hmm. This is really tapping into your your you know fantasy fiction yep. fiction roots here because there. this is a a very. I think I would rather fight a horse sized duck. Okay, so what's your what's your game plan here? I think that it would be easier to subdue and domesticate <laughs> to my side. Oh, so, so you're gonna like make it make it like a your friend? Singular, yeah. I'm just envisioning kind of like this is now going to be a companion of mine yeah. on the quest ahead, yeah. and I think. Yeah, that especially if it would perhaps be able to take flight with me that would be on cool. it. Like yeah. that would be very helpful. A little bit kind of like a how to train your dragon type. Um type yeah, scene. I am seeing some kind of elements there, but then if if it really did come to a um a fight, I feel like getting like if I could get the wings out of play cuz ducks don't have teeth. They don't have teeth. That is true. All right. Well, so, yeah, they don't. Yeah. They yeah. Don't, I mean, I don't think. I don't they think do. they do. Not like not like large not prominent like ones. Horse teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. 
Nice, nice. I like it. I like it. You're officially on the the horse size size duck camp. I like it. Um, Awesome. Well, that's all the questions I got for you. Thank you for for playing along. Um, Before we finish, I know that you all have uh, like, you know, your website and social media and stuff. So I'll put that in the description. Are there any other links or anything people should be aware of that they can follow you all or or find out uh, what you all are doing or anything? We are most active on Instagram. Um, If you come into the shop, you can opt into our mailing list, which is exclusively about book clubs and events. We don't do like drip campaign marketing yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, at the book and cover all spelled out on Instagram. Best place to find us. I love it. Well, I will put that in the description. So if you're uh, listening and want to check them out, I highly recommend it. Uh, And if you're in the Chattanooga or surrounding Chattanooga area, go and give them a, you know, go check them out. I really enjoy them. Um, or if you're not, if you want to make the trip in, uh, you know, wherever you are, come and check, come and check them out. Uh, they're, they're doing great stuff over there. So, um, but yeah, Sarah, thank you very much for joining me today. It's been a, been a Thanks pleasure. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Uh, and it was, it's been awesome. Um, for everybody listening, thank you very much as always for tuning in. I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any, uh, questions or want to contact me, that will be down in the description. And as I mentioned, all mentioned links will be down there as well. Thank you for listening to and supporting the show and I'll catch you all on another episode. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the podcast. As one final reminder, if you'd like to support the show, then don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcast or share it with a friend. If you'd like to check out any links that were mentioned during the show or follow the show or myself on social media, then feel free to head to the description of today's episode to find these links. As always, thank you again for checking out today's episode. and I really hope you enjoyed it. I will catch you all on the next episode of the podcast. See ya.